Hello and welcome to this week's review for Movie Magpies, where we will be rating Mitchells vs. the Machines. I'm Monique, here with my co-host Will. How about we just get right into it? Alright, so Monique, for the people who don't know what this film is, what is the Mitchells vs. the Machines? The Netflix summary for The Mitchells vs. The Machines is A robot apocalypse put the brakes on a cross-country road trip. Now it's up to The Mitchells, the world's weirdest family, to save the human race. Yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up for the most part. I don't think it gets the main heart of the film, but I think that pretty much gets it. It's interesting that this is one of those, as we've said before, a lot of hit-and-miss summaries we've come across. It's interesting that this one gets the general plot of the movie but without like a lot of the actual meat of the story I guess you know how when we watched The Farewell it was a very very good summary yeah and now this one's just like oh they were on a cross-country road trip that's leaving out so much yeah it does kind of leave out the heart of this film that being that it's it's a story about a father and daughter trying to reconcile i feel like from the summary i didn't think this would be as focused on one relationship in the family dynamic i thought it was going to be much more focused on the family dynamic as a whole but it really does just focus on that sort of father-daughter relationship yeah, I think it's the, for the most part, it is the main focus for it. And it's, I don't know, I think we should just get straight into what we think about it. But for me, I think it's kind of weirdly all over the place with that. With in, the yeah, oh, plot? Mm. Yeah, in the plot. I think it's kind of weirdly all over the place. And I think for a film that it is, with a budget of, wow, it's an inconsistent budget of 50 to 100 million, which with the context that the farewell was made with three million that seems a bit wild i feel like this movie had really great theories i suppose it had really good intentions you could see what they were trying to get across with the story but the execution just misses they almost rely a little bit too much on the fact that it's marketed towards younger children yeah just completely not flesh out parts of the story properly yeah, no, it like there are definitely points where it does feel like corners have been cut, especially in terms of, I would say, the story, for sure. And from what I've read about this film, it's been remarkably well-received, but I worry that it's purely due to a hype surrounding it because as a re- like upon watching this twice I watched I've I've seen it twice first time I could tolerate it and second time watching it through it just it got worse for me because oh really so it yeah. was worth the second watch round for you yeah absolutely i don't think it improved the second watch round because i started noticing more and more that was kind of wrong with it the story is passable but then there is so much tacked onto it that just doesn't need to be there it almost feels like a solid foundation of a story that being a father daughter relationship that's fallen apart but can be repaired and brought back but there's just so much more tacked on and of course you got to with the Mitchells versus the machines you got to have that powerful exaggerated storyline with the robots taking over the world and stuff like that and that's fine but then there's just so much more that kind of just is thrown in yeah it's really interesting I think they had a good base yeah and I remember when we watched I Am Mother, we said that it was a really tight concept that had been stretched out too thin. 
Yeah, I almost absolutely. feel the opposite way with this movie, where it's a really good concept that they stuffed too much into. You know, yeah, it there's too wasn't much, stretched like, to. Yeah, exactly. Like if this movie had have been even thirty minutes shorter, and they just removed mm. half even of the like memes and jokes and pauses that they put in to be funny the movie would come off less aggravating and it would feel a little more cohesive. Yeah, absolutely. I think it just... There's there's so much here that just doesn't need to be here and the film kind of jumps around between this very grounded story between within the family and then sections that are dedicated to the creator of the robots and things like that, which just, they just don't need to be there at all. Because it just leads the audience to feel disconnected from the family more so than they should be. Yeah, I think another comment that we were both making while watching the film was that some of our favourite characters ended up being the side characters that weren't around as much. Like, they have a dog called Mochi, and I personally love Mochi because his entire purpose in the film is to look super dumb and cute. But wouldn't wouldn't you agree that ultimately putting a creature or an animal in there like that is always going to elicit a very positive response? Well, what I was just going to say is, and it's super interesting to me that out of all the characters that's one of my favorites because it's just a cute slightly ugly looking dog that's yeah well we're talking about the characters we may as well get our opinions out about each of the characters so we got our main character katie what do you think about her katie is super interesting where i really like her as a character but she's also incredibly annoying you can tell that she is supposed to be a teenager but yeah. she's also applying for college question yeah. mark slash universities well, so you kind of it's um, an american college so university okay so it is like university age so yeah. she's what 18 ish yeah yeah you can understand some of the things that she does as an 18-year-old. Like, yeah, when absolutely. I was an 18-year-old, I definitely did stupid things. But also, you can maybe tone it down a bit, babe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I feel like she doesn't she doesn't really come off as endearing as a main character should. I don't think we led to even really like her in a lot of it, which is weird. I feel like Katie is a character who... <sighs> for lack of a better word, severely lacks characterization to the point where a lot of her character building is based around her family because this is the Mitchells versus the machines, not Katie versus the machines. But she's also still our main character and however, as a result, she still fails to come across as a whole person yeah, within so... the scene exasperated by her family that you almost end up exasperated by her yeah absolutely because she's always there especially with her father which i'm sure we'll get into in a minute yeah, of course but he's always reaching out to try and bridge this gap between them that is the yeah. main sort of focus of the movie's morals i guess you could say and she's constantly just nah fuck that i don't yeah. like it don't want to do it She's very, yeah, she's very dismissive of her father, which is like, oh, you know, people are going to say, oh, but this is a story about two people who realize that mutually they, they're they mutually to blame for their falling apart or their distancing of a relationship. But in this film, it, what I 
see as the biggest problem with the story of the film is that so much of it actually is Katie's fault. Yeah, 100%. And, and I think that's what's difficult about how she's not that endearing is because through the film we see the, behavior, the characters' behaviours and actions and so much of the film is Katie dismissively not wanting to do things, being against doing these things and not really giving the father, Rick, any, like, leeway or consideration in making stuff happen. She's kind of almost a boulder that the family have to bring up the hill. And it's 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 exhausting to watch sometimes, genuinely. But with that said, let's move on to... We'll get to Rick last, I think. I think that's fair. I think that's best. We'll talk about Aaron. The little brother, the little Aaron. Brother. Yeah. Interestingly, I had quite a love-hate relationship with his characterization because he's very yeah. very sweet and yeah. he's quite a cute little character but he gets played for laughs like his entire personality yeah. gets played for laughs so much that i almost ended up upset for him by the yeah, end of the movie absolutely. i feel like they did him dirty yeah it's it's interesting because it's also his character i really like his character in the sense that on the surface he's a very sweet kid who who wants to do right by his family and loves his sister very much but he's his character is very inconsistent in that sometimes he's more socially aware than his sister or even sometimes his parents but then sometimes he's so socially unaware but it's played off as a joke in these situations where he's so socially unaware and it's it's weirdly inconsistent at points definitely yeah I think one of the more annoying ones is they give him a love interest yeah. for absolutely no reason. It comes up twice, yeah. maybe three times in the entirety of the movie, and every single time it happens, he does something drastic, like once jumps out a window. Yeah, and what? I think yeah, and I think it's it's to give his character a bit of direction, but it seems it always seems so wildly exaggerated. It's also not nearly as fleshed out as it needs to be to be proper direction. Yeah. It's just I like girl but don't know how to handle it, so I'm going to legitimately fight or flight run away from her. Yeah, and in it's... the most ridiculous way possible. Yeah. And then suddenly at the end of the movie, I've half half gotten over that what yeah and i think that the the characterization is with the, the side characters outside of the mitchells is so minute that it that we don't see any re we don't see any reason why aaron would care for this girl in any way other than the fact that she's the only girl of his age and height anywhere so that feels kind of weird but yeah yeah moving on we'll go to the mum. So I think I think we both liked the mum. Yeah, she was lovely. What was her name? Linda. Yeah, Linda. I didn't want to say Linda because I was thinking Linda Belcher from Bob's Burgers, but it is still Linda. And I was also thinking that. No, I yeah, couldn't. I was getting they're, stuck. They're two very similar kind of characters. A very supportive, but also vocally outspoken mother. I really like that mm, archetype. She is probably what I would say one of the more realistic characters in this movie, yeah. if that makes sense, where she's a teacher and she has this very positive attitude about her and her entire family is quite chaotic, so she's usually quite 
positive and encouraging and reinforcing. Yeah. Like, she feels very and accurate, think, like someone you might actually meet in real life. Yeah, and for the most part, her character, other than the dad, is probably the most consistent. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And the only times that she's not consistent are throwaway jokes, which I'm sure yeah, that we'll absolutely. talk about in the in-depth part. Yeah, so. and that's also always kind of fine because it makes it gives a character a randomness that makes them more real. Yeah, it almost helps add to her realism that she's got these really odd, out of, you know, pocket yeah. moments. Absolutely. And we'll get on to the dad, Rick, now. Just because he's, I, like, in a weird way, I don't know if this was intentional or not, but I think we both agreed that in this story, it almost comes off as if the dad is the main character or the protagonist of the film. Yeah, no, I, I completely yeah. agree with you. I actually, funnily enough, I remember when you watched this movie for the first time, you were Snapchatting me about it. Yeah. And giving me half hints. I don't remember all of them. That's fair enough. <laughs> but there's a couple parts that I do remember from the movie of you snapping me. And oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure one of them was just you going, it's me. It, yeah. <laughs> just a picture of Rick. It's Rick me. Is, Rick is very much a character that I identify with, just being a man who wants to be out in the woods and knows a lot about all that stuff and sometimes doesn't fully connect with technology. I definitely feel that way, even though I'm a lot younger than Rick. I, there are definitely points where I can... I agree with him, not to the same extent, but there are definitely points where I, I like Rick a lot because he's a character or an archetype that I like a lot because he is he comes to be aware of his flaws quite quickly and actively tries to improve upon them and certain things that are that some would see as flaws but are actually more just kind of character traits that aren't necessarily fatal flaws, he embraces. But with Rick, I find it really interesting because he's he's the active character in this film. And he by is that, oh, the sorry. majority, if not the major plot mover. Yeah, exactly. And that's what makes him, interestingly enough, to me, the protagonist. And the only reason why he's not necessarily the main character is because so much more time is given to Katie as, you know, it's so much more of her, so much more screen time is provided to her and so much more focus is provided to her. But the dad, the very first conflict we're met with is a lack of understanding between Katie and Rick. And Rick makes the decision to cancel the flight, her flight, and then drive to the college as in an attempt to actually give himself more time with his daughter, which he knows he has failed to connect with and do everything he can to make one last attempt to connect with her. Yeah, exactly. And you almost feel, especially as the movie progresses and you get a little bit of the backstory of things that he's done for his family in the past, you feel almost bittersweet for his trying. Because yeah. understandably, Katie is pretty miffed that he yeah, of course. cancels her plane ticket because it means she's going to miss orientation and, you know, a lot of the... Yeah, and she's going to miss out on social... time with people that she feels like she belongs with. Exactly, yeah, the more social aspects of joining this uni or college or whatever it is. Hmm. And as the viewers, knowing that he's doing it because he wants to reconnect with his daughter so that she doesn't leave and never come back to them, almost disown them in a way, I suppose, yeah. by leaving for college. There's this huge soft spot in my heart for him 
Like, he's completely misguided. It was a really, really shitty thing to do. But at least he's trying. Yeah, exactly. And you, you can't fault him for trying. And his his attempts to do better are wholly his. And they always improve his standing within the audience to actually see that he's doing everything he can. But with that said, like, I think those... We get the main characters down. I think the two robots around the back, you know, who cares? Honestly, yeah, they're very they're, much just there for the joke. It's not, yeah, it's not that they're forgettable. I think it's it leads on to the next kind of point that I wanted to talk to you about in the review, and we'll talk about more in depth, but the humour is rough a lot of the time. Boomer humour. Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and But then with points where the jokes do actually land, they always overstay their welcome too, and more specifically with the two robots who are malfunctioning and feel like, well, they take orders from the family and stuff like that. They show up and they, like, make a few really good jokes, but they're all, they're just there constantly, and then they're always making those same jokes, and... It's it's a really, like, there are some really funny points in this film, but then there are also points in this film that you just kind of groan at because it's humour that has not aged well, genuinely. Which is iconic because this movie was made, or made last year and released this year. Yeah. And we're already saying that the jokes haven't aged well at all. It's yeah, been no, absolutely. a couple months since its release. Yeah, and I also think you and I agreed that like you said with the boomer humor it very much comes across as someone the person who wrote this didn't fully understand their target audience as a result the dad is more relatable than the main character or who more... is supposed to be this up and coming very yeah. techie girl student, who wants yeah. to get into film and <laughs> video creation yeah, and someone who followed that exact path, I don't identify with her one bit. I think you hated every single film student, even the background ones. Yeah, but that's also because they just come across as really fucking pretentious and annoying. Very <laughs> that's very fair. And, like, we'll talk about this more in the in-depth, but, like, but one of the things I found with the film students, which I found quite annoying, is that they're all first-year film students, so their love of taxi driver and films along those same lines yeah of course they like taxi driver because it's a critically acclaimed good film the one thing you'll notice if if you've met someone who actually has studied film and you ask them what their favorite film is they're going to say something either obscure or something that you would consider not to be great but they can so, explain well, what why is your it is favorite great. film surfs up i knew the answer but <laughs> you just said if you'd met someone who actually studied and i was like hi yeah. how you doing we're friends yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um but it's 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 one of these things with the film students they just they just come across as more annoying characters who kind of exist but with katie i hearing about this film i thought i would identify with her more but i don't because her character really comes across as someone well comes across as someone's interpretation of what a young teen film student would look like. Yeah, it'd be super interesting actually to see what the general consensus of a younger audience watching this is. Yeah. Because of course, I didn't go to uni, but you've finished your uni experience now. Mm. So we're yeah. on that other end of yeah, that age group. So. And it's that kind of 
phenomenon where the older that you get, the more you relate to the adults. E.g., the first time I watched Ariel, I was like, yeah, girl, get it. Go and be on the <laughs> land and find yourself a boyfriend. And then the older I get, I relate more to King Triton. And I'm like, no, yeah. what are you doing? You're 16, you know? And I think and that is definitely a fair criticism of our, our opinions, for sure. Opinion, but, yeah. but also, I do find it interesting that, for me, it should definitely be the kind of film that should speak to me, but it just doesn't. It doesn't do the same amount of... It, it doesn't feel relatable in the same ways other films have been. And it's because I just don't think that it's been written with the perspective of the actual... Age group. Yeah, age group or demographic at all. And I think as a result it comes off as a bit, not sketchy, but it almost comes across as a bit inconsistent, I think. Yeah, a super interesting part here that I want to mention is one of the plots is she obviously wants to go to this school to get better and see if she can make it as a filmmaker. And she has this very half realistic half animatic style where she kind of draws yeah. over whatever she's filmed which is pretty cool she puts yeah, them up like on that. YouTube and they get lots of views and almost everybody that she talks to knows about and is at least a little yeah. if not neutral positive towards yeah, her videos and I, think, I think this is and again, another problem that I have with the film is that it comes across as having their cake and eating it too, where Katie wants yeah. to be a filmmaker, but she's also already famous for her films. Exactly. And it's that sort of, her father is worried about her making a living off this yeah. because he doesn't understand it, which is completely fair, yeah, except if she was getting the renown and fame that she's supposedly getting in this movie for her videos... She could just live off that YouTube money, you know? Like, yeah, she well, wouldn't have to go to school or do whatever, you know? Even at that point, it would... Her motivation for filmmaking... Well, for going to university would be completely different in that she would want... I mean, she does still have that presence where she is trying to meet people who are the same as her and think the same way as her, and she's trying to build a network of people who are like-minded. But so much more of her emphasis is so that she can go and study film which she if the film is anything to go by she's already achieved that because she's already well known enough to actually be networking with people beyond a university setting and it's why it comes across as very inconsistent and dishonest in a mm -hmm. sense and it's all well and good maybe she wants to go and get the more professional education because she feels like it would help her in her talents awesome great but she's talking as if she's still a very very amateur at this and wants to learn and see if she can make it if that many yeah. people are watching your youtube videos and liking them and are subscribing to watch your tiny little series about your dog yeah you don't have to see if you're gonna make it like technically you could make probably not a huge living but a decent living off yeah your little absolutely online videos and i think like we'll talk about it more in the in-depth but i think the i think katie's intention for going to university or college is completely wrong in the sense that she's going there to pursue filmmaking but already has a high enough of a standing where in the real world if someone who was that well known for making films went to film school they'd probably be quite heavily disliked 
because yeah. of the, because of this, this sense of pretentiousness where they make their own films but are already so popular that they don't need to be learning and they're taking up space and using resources that other people could be using and they're not going to help other people get further in the industry they're there to improve themselves they get they're there to get further themselves and exactly you'd have two types of people you have people who were sucking up to you to try and get in good so that they could possibly ride off your coattails and you'd have the people who thought that you were a pretentious asshole for coming to learn when you can already make a living off what you have but with with all that said we should talk about the main villain pal which for any of you who don't recognize that is a reference to how which is as subtle as a brick flying through your window sorry but how 9000 from 2001 a space odyssey yes it's it's the same thing basically but that's can i bit. admit something real yeah. quick you did, <laughs> did you not know that i have a space odyssey that's fine but <laughs> ultimately if you haven't seen it then it's not going to mean anything to you exactly and yet no. I still managed to figure out exactly what the plot was the yeah, but second it, she came on screen. It's also, yeah, it's this thing where it's like, if you recognize it, if you recognize that reference, you go, ugh, really? Not, oh, cool, it's a reference to how. But what do you think about the presentation or the presence of this main villain being an AI that was discarded and Look. is now pursuing revenge against its creator? One of my f- first notes when we first saw Pal in the movie was Pal deserved better and she's <laughs> so valid and then right after that Elon Musk vibes so yeah, yeah it I have really does mixed, come across as that doesn't it I have mixed feelings where the second that she gets quote unquote thrown away and starts her villain arc yeah, yeah. babe 100% <laughs> love that for you you do you but also she becomes incredibly annoying the second that we hear yeah. speak. I think I think she has one point of motivation and one tagline of motivation and then that's it for the rest of the film. Exactly, yeah. And it's like, why is humanity worth saving? Oh, you're wrong because me and it's like, oh god, you're really annoying. Yeah. Which sucks because she's voiced by Olivia Coleman and Olivia Coleman's fucking great. Yeah, she has a really nice voice, but the words could be better. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's it's all it's all about the content that you make that you build the foundation of the rest of the film on, and it's never the the actors' faults. I think one of my biggest takeaways from this was that Danny McBride is actually an incredible actor, just in general, because he he can bring this sentimentality to a character just through the voice, and it's I think that's so important. I think that's why. I think it genuinely really helped make this this film go from something that would annoy the shit out of me to something that I can tolerate because his character is genuinely so good. I think that the dad character is is the best character in this film without a doubt and I think because of him and Linda the mum I think the film is still watchable. Yeah, exactly. And I know we have been ragging on the film (laughs) a little bit, and we do always like to include a couple positives. So I do want to say there were a few things that I really loved in this. The sibling relationship in this Mm. movie is incredibly realistic. If a little positive, you know, because it's a movie and they're trying to show... positive, but still incredibly nice to realistic yeah Yeah, it's one of the more realistic sibling dynamics that i've seen 
they don't just oh yeah. big sis little bro i love you so much they have in jokes and they kind of confuse their parents because of their in jokes and they get each other in a way that their parents don't it's very yeah, it makes me think of all the times that my mum would come in and we would all be sitting on the couch playing a video game together and she'd be like what the hell are you doing you mm. know because she didn't understand it as much very very realistic sibling vibes yeah and i also really loved there was a couple specific scenes with the robots that i really loved where their jokes yeah. hit home for me one being something that I think we'll be talking about in the de- in depth because I know it was your favourite mm. scene yeah. in the whole movie there's a lot of really good scenes in this movie that if there wasn't so much filler yeah. would be great absolutely yeah no absolutely if it wasn't weighed down by the faff I think this film could would still be quite good and personally from a cinematic perspective there are some scenes in this film that are visually really really stunning and it's what lends really well to animation is that you can pretty much make whatever you want in terms of a frame and there are some of them in this film are so nice to look at and there are a scattering of really really nice positive things that you can say about this film it's just such a shame that it's just so weighed down by humor that doesn't land and these other little things that seem to outweigh the good that just keep scattering about and it's just a bit of a pain but yeah yeah but with that said, we should probably get on to our final thoughts for the review. We can move on to the in-depth and talk about this to our heart's content. But what did you? how did you feel about the film on a rating scale, Monique? Well, out of 10 Furbies, I gave this movie a 5 out of 10. For the best, best viewing experience, you should focus on the accurate sibling portrayals and the family dynamics as a whole, but really keep it in your mind that Rick, the father, is the true main character of this story, and you'll have a much better time watching it. Yeah, absolutely. That is very fair. What about you? What would you rate this lovely (laughs) animated film? For me, I am not quite as... I don't feel like I'm quite as kind as you in this regard, but I gave it a 4 out of 10 Furbies. I really like what the film's intention was, The problem is it never fully commits to it and as a result it feels it almost feels like a half-assed project and that makes me sad honestly you know it's super interesting because when we first started this podcast i thought that i would be giving higher reviews and you would Mm. be giving lower reviews just as my bias of he critiqued films in school he's a film major yeah he's gonna be much harsher than i am but i think this is one of the only times that you've had a lower rating than me it doesn't happen very often no and i I do always feel bad about giving low ratings but sometimes it just it has to be said and that's just such a shame because and it's entirely subjective as well yeah i think we always say this some movies may be incredibly great to you yeah this film isn't unwatchable so i think even i am mother was one of those ones where when we first watched it you said you really didn't like it and i went oh that's interesting because i really liked it and then i watched it and i heard your opinions and my opinion kind of shifted to change because i saw what you were talking about but i still would watch that movie again you know i would still watch it again Exactly, it's still a good movie, it's just not the best. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But with that 
I should I think we'll lead out. If you would like to follow Will or myself, of course, subscribe to our podcast. You can find myself on Nexatai on Twitter and Instagram. And Will is Grey Mouse Inc. on Twitter and Will underscore Mortlock on Instagram. He's much more active on Instagram and I'm much more active on Twitter where I also do hint refreshes and we're going to start doing polls as well to see what you guys might want us to watch. So definitely come and follow us if you want some updates. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to hear more from us, we have an in-depth review of The Mitchells vs. The Machines that we will be recording straight after this one. So if you haven't watched the film, definitely go check it out and then check out that in-depth review where we will be talking more about the stuff that we did like and the stuff that we didn't like. Ultimately, there are still definitely good things to talk about and we will talk about them in depth alongside the stuff that we didn't like. And this week's Pointless Research, I wanted to look more in depth at something that we both noticed in terms of the humour and I have archived and checked every single joke and reference in this film. So As a little bit of a, a teaser for you, I've also been told I'm not allowed to look at the pointless research <laughs> yes. this week because Will wants to play a game and thoroughly <laughs> embarrass me. So please do pop over to the in-depth if you would like to see me be a very, very horrible trivia-ish type questions. I yes. think you haven't actually confirmed that's what we're doing. And if you'd like to participate in yourself, you almost certainly can. So definitely be sure to check it out. But with that hey. said, that's all from us this week. See you next time.